have your Bibles, open them with me and turn to 1 Corinthians 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and we're going to start at verse 10. So I'm going to talk tonight. I'm going to read in 1 Corinthians, and then I'm going to read in, in the book of Matthew as well. Um, just because Jesus addresses divorce and Paul addresses divorce. I'm going to talk about those two things. But we're going to start with 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 10. To the Lord I give this command, not I, but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband, but if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce his wife. To the rest I say this, I, not the Lord. If any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbeliever leaves, let him do so. A believing man or woman is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? And then I want to skip all the way down to verse 39. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. I wanted to read that because as if it wasn't already extremely crucial and important, but the apostle Paul points something out. If you do remarry, make sure that person is a believer. And again, being a believer is not a guarantee that they're going to be a good person, but it's at least the start. <laughs> and I want to read a couple of things about this portion of scripture first. And I see there's a question, but I just want to address, there's some verses in here that I, that I feel like might be confusing. So first of all, um, I'm just going to read the notes here because I have uh, notes from someone much smarter than me, a Bible scholar. I consider myself a very, uh, uh, I am somewhat of a Bible scholar, but um, there are people way smarter than me that are going to help us in this subject. So let's get to this. So we're talking about um, the scripture that talks about the, you know, the, the believer marrying the unbeliever. Then it gets into talking about their children. Um, and I'm going to read exactly what this means. Here it is. it simply means that the unbeliever by virtue of being one flesh with a Christian, is not considered living in an unlawful relationship. It also refers to the spiritual influence and power the Christian holds over the unbelieving companion. It could not mean that the Christian could save the soul of the unbeliever. Should the sanctification referred to here not be allowed, the children would be considered ceremonially unclean not to be received by Christians or given any rights and privileges of Christians. Jews considered any child born out of holiness. If the Christian, if the parents who were not believers at the time of his birth, even though after they became believers, on the other hand, 
They considered children of the heathen born in holiness provided the parents became believers before the birth of the children. All heathen children were considered unclean by Jews. So, okay. In other words, that Paul was, was, was addressing this because it was important at the time that, chil- that, that children were considered unclean if their parents were not believers. Okay, so this was important for the sake of the children. So that's why Paul was saying this, okay? Um, heathen mothers went through certain ceremonies to idols and children were considered to the, the goddess Statina. Children of Christians came into the world without these impure heathen rites and were consecrated to God. So this is, uh, I know it's like a bit of a mouthful, but it's essentially referring to the fact that a a Christian, um, if you're a believer married to an unbeliever, you can't, they cannot be saved, right? In in the sense of that they're going to go to heaven. They still have to make a choice to be saved on their own. But by virtue of you being a believer, now your children, should you have them, will now be considered clean rather than unclean. Because again, you're talking about there were certain ceremonies where children were like dedicated to idols and and dedicated in, in, in satanic worship. This is the stuff that used to go on at this time. So again, if you ever if you ever hear the word context being talked about, uh, this is why because you have to understand what is going on at the time that that that, that Paul was writing this, and there are and First Corinthians especially were in uh, especially chapter seven was uh, in response to questions being asked that he was answering. And so I hope that makes sense in in the terms of the children. And again, just to be clear, um, if if you're married to someone, um, I will answer that question, Jesse. I will get to that. If you're married to to an unbeliever, um, being married to you does not mean that this person's guaranteed to go to heaven. They still need to make the decision. But Paul's also pointing out, think of the influence you can have um over the person you're living with that's why if you're a woman here watching and your husband has not yet gotten saved the worst thing you could do is nag him about it or be like why don't you know you need to come to church with me why don't you ever come to church you know you 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 have to um you, you have to realize that that's not the way that you're going to to win over your 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 husband or your wife or your spouse um, you, you have to realize that, that, you know, why it says, it says God's called us to live in peace. You're not, that's not the way that you're going to get your spouse saved. If you nag them to come to church with you, because either they're not going to want to, or they're going to come out of obligation. Now, again, sometimes if they come out of obligation, they might actually get saved. And I have seen it happen. Um, but it's very, it's not an easy thing. And that's why Paul is saying here if the unbeliever doesn't want to stay, you're you're released from this marriage, right? Now, um, so divorce on the scriptural grounds, so scriptural grounds, so in this instance, in speaking about that the person who is the unbeliever chooses to leave and says, wants to leave, okay? This, it means the person is now free to remarry provided it's another Christian. So in other words, if you are a believer and your, your husband is not a believer and he decides, you know what, I, I, I don't want to stay in this marriage. I have no interest 
in church or in God, you know, we're, we're going to get divorced. And then you go marry another person who's not a believer, then you're in the wrong. So if you should choose to, to remarry, you have to make sure that you, you remarry an unbeliever. That also goes for uh, widows and widowers, right? So this, this stuff is important because if you think that, that when I, when I or, or any other preacher, um, you know, uh, I agree, Val, you're absolutely right. If, if, you, if you're forcing your spouse to go to church, they're probably not going to want to do it. Um, you have to show them by virtue of your new found salvation, the fruit of the spirit, right? And I know it's difficult. Um, I know it's difficult. Um, so, you know, when we talk about, you know, the, 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 the warning against not marrying unbelievers, we're not just saying that because, you know, we're trying to limit the, 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 the pool of fish that you have to choose from. That's not the reason. The scripture is letting you know. It's very important. Make sure to marry a believer. And if you were with an unbeliever and that marriage is, is no longer there, make sure if, if you do choose to remarry, that you remarry a believer. And again, and we talked about this before, everything in God, all things are possible. I will never say uh, it's hopeless that spouse is never going to get saved. You don't know that. It is very possible for the spouse to come and get saved and then you could reconcile if you were divorced or never divorce at all. So nothing is out of the realm of possibility for God to intervene and to make a way where it seems as though there's no way. So don't ever give up in praying for your spouse. Don't ever give up in praying for your children. I understand that, you know, the, the children tend to look to the father. So if, if it's the father who's unsaved, I know there's a lot of mothers who would, who would have concern for their children. Don't give up in prayer. And we stand with you in prayer if you're in that situation. God is the God of the impossible. He's a God of reconciliation. You know, you have to believe that and you have to stand on that. But there are situations in which the unbelieving spouse does not want to stay and in that case Paul is letting you know you're not bound to that person okay now listen um first of all you know Paul wh wh where did divorce wh where does it come from in the first place Let, let's go all the way back um to the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament Deuteronomy um, chapter 24 and verse 1. If a man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her and he writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from his house and if after she leaves his house, she becomes the wife of another man and her second husband dislikes her and writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from, from his house, or if he dies, then her first husband, who divorced her, is not allowed to marry her again after she had been defiled. That would be detestable in the eyes of the Lord. Do not bring sin upon the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. So let's talk about this, because it probably you're like, what in the world? So let me explain what this means. The idea here is that of discovering or uncovering something in the wife that was not known by the husband. Um, so, so Moses is essentially, um, it's like he, he's, he's, he's kind of 
giving people an out in in saying um listen if 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 there's something that you don't like you know you can you can give her a certificate of divorce but then if there's another one you know that's so he's it's like he's saying you could do it at one time um um you know but then you can't keep doing it so it's like it's like kind of like a one time only deal sort of thing but he is giving them an out okay um, so what, what, what could it be? Something that was not known by the husband. It could be a moral sin. It could be something disappointing. It could just be extreme dislike. Cause remember if a lot of times in these marriages, you know, they kind of just got married. They didn't, it's not like they, they got to know each other for five years and then, and then got married. So a lot of times they get married and then the, they'd realize the man or the woman, I don't really like this person. I don't want to be married to them anymore. Okay. So it could, it could literally be, <laughs> exactly, John. It could literally be anything trivial that the husband doesn't like. Um, you know, it could be anything. So whatever the intended thought, listen to this. It's clear that divorce was not commanded, but it was permitted because of the hardness of their hearts. Moses simply tolerated certain practices because Israel had been greatly influenced by other nations. So there was circumstances here. <laughs> oh, you guys. There are circumstances here in which Moses basically, and someone, I think uh, it was Steph who mentioned, in talking about um, the hardness of their hearts. And Jesus addresses that in Matthew chapter 19. Um, so let's turn there. Because the Pharisees were like, they were asking uh, Jesus about it. So let's go to Matthew chapter 19 and verse 3. Some Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Because again, at this, at this point, whatever, if you just didn't like, you didn't really need a reason. If you just didn't like um, the person or you didn't get along with them or the, you know, she didn't cook very well, or, you know, the guy was like really messy and you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to be with this person. Um, and, and by the way, the, the, um, the woman had just as much right to, to put away her husband if, if, if she didn't, uh, if she wasn't liking him. Okay. Um, so, so of course the Pharisees are like, all right, what does Jesus have to say about this? So here's what he has to say. Verse four, haven't you read? He replied that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united, be, and be united to his wife and the two become one flesh so that they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another, another woman commits adultery. The disciples said, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, it's better not to marry. Jesus replied, not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For some are eunuchs because they were born that way. Others were made that way by men and others have renounced marriage 
because of the kingdom of heaven, the one who can accept it should accept it. So that kind of ties into what we talked about last week in Paul's instructions about, you know, deciding not to get married or having the gift of celibacy or wanting to dedicate your life fully and completely to the kingdom of God. So Jesus had already addressed that. And then Paul was, was basically speaking about it again. Okay. So let's talk a bit about what Jesus was getting at here. It must be kept in, kept in mind the question, okay, that the Pharisees were asking. The real issue here is divorce for every cause, not divorce for fornication or adultery, which was lawful. This was the great controversy among the Jews at the time. Rabbis had made void. Um, they had made the rabbis had made this void. They now permitted divorce. <laughs> Listen to this. They now permitted divorce on on any grounds, such as careless seasoning of food, causing the husband not to eat food which has not been tithed, going into the street with loose or uncombed hair, <laughs> spinning in the street, loud talk or constant talking in the home, the husband's finding one more beautiful than his wife, and many other things. <laughs> so, so in other words, you know, like I said, if the wife was a bad cook um, or she talked too much, <laughs> it just makes me laugh because I feel like it's just like a um, <laughs> careless seasoning kills me. I would have been I would have been out on the street if that was the, if that was the case. Cause I once made this soup. I tried my best. Um, cause my husband loves um, cream cream of celery soup, and and I wanted to make it for him. Um, and so I <laughs> it was so bad. It was so salty. I, it, it was like, it was literally, literally like we were eating just a container of salt. That was the soup. We, we, it was inedible. So if, if, if divorce was permitted for careless seasoning, then I would have been, uh, um, my husband would have <laughs> given me a certificate of divorce. It's funny. It is a good thing, Loretta. All of you who are good cooks, um, I, I agree. Next time, um, I will buy the can for sure uh, because it's uh, enthusiastic seasoning. <laughs> oh man, um, I wasn't. But it was. I, I just. I really because he loves cream of celery soup, and I have to admit, I and unfortunately, oh, I tried to water it down, Dom. It did not work. It was even worse. Um, my mom is a great cook, like amazing. My aunts are great cooks. My uh, uh, my grandmother, my, everybody's a good cook. I unfortunately did not quite inherit this gene and I, I tried my best and it, it didn't really work. I've had some, boy, we've had some disasters over the years of stuff I tried to cook. <laughs> I, I won't tell you about the time that I made meatloaf, but I didn't know that you needed um, some kind of binder in the meatloaf. <laughs> so it's basically like, it's like meat soup, essentially. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> oh, my aunt's giving us a great tip. When something is too salty, add a peeled raw potato. It will absorb the salt. Okay, I needed this. I needed this. Um, 
Um, yeah, well, Pina, exactly. So what was happening here is that, um, <laughs> thanks, Ju. For any reason, it, this was like early in my marriage, okay? Now I know that, um, oh, Pina, you're so kind. <laughs> I appreciate. See, I do have other talents. Um, so people at this, at this point, for any, um, any reason at all, you know, just get divorced. So Jesus had to make something clear here. The marriage is something um, that God created from the beginning. It's not something that you take lightly. It's not something that you just throw away for frivolous reasons or because you don't really like the person or because you think you found someone better. And perhaps, you know, perhaps marriage wasn't taken seriously enough. And I would say that today it's not taken seriously enough because if, if you understand that marriage, let me read it again. At the beginning, the creator made them male and female for this reason. A man will leave his father and mother and become united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is what you read uh, at weddings. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. This was not. And so the Pharisees, and they still pushed him. Well, you know, Moses said, yeah, Moses said it because the people's hearts were hardened. They, 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 were, they weren't doing the things they were supposed to do. And so Jesus is, is stepping in as he always does to, to clarify and to let you know, hey, that, you, that marriage is something that, that's holy. Uh, it's something to be taken seriously. It's something that God designed from the beginning. Um, I agree, Sheba. You know, people don't, the reason why they don't fight for the marriage is because they, 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 don't, they don't understand the sanctity of it in the first place. That's why. That's why the easy thing is just get divorced. Or, as especially in this country, in this province, don't even bother getting married. Um, you know, they might as well. Uh, well, Steph, back in this day, it was the men who initiated the divorce. Um, you know, don't even bother get married. Just live together. Just become a... Uh, uh, um, <laughs> just, just because, you know, just, just, just live together. You don't even need to get married. There's no... Uh, um, um, clearly the morality that God intended. And, and again, we shouldn't be surprised if already at the, at the time of Moses that these things were happening, right? Well, Steph, I don't, I'm not in people's houses, so I don't really know who's initiating the divorce, but it takes two to tango. So if somebody's getting, wants a divorce, there's obviously a reason for that because there's two people in the marriage. Um, okay. But there are, but there certainly are reasons um, where it's 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 not. Uh, it, I want to make sure something's clear here. The innocent is not to be held guilty for the uh, held accountable for the sins of the guilty. So there are scenarios in which um, there is an innocent party. There there are certainly um, uh, there are certainly situations where there is an innocent party. And we're going to get to that. But let me finish just in the notes about this, this scripture in, in Matthew 19. Well, if men would know how to be men. Anyways. Men need to be men and women need to be women. How about that? Um, many claim, many today claim that married people are not joined together by God. <laughs> listen to this 
See, because God will hold you responsible for the marriage vows that you've made, okay? But what, you know, you know, you know when people go and they get married in, a, in front of a justice of the peace or they go to city hall, if you take the element of God out of marriage, it, it no longer is holy. So of course, you know, I didn't get married, um, I didn't get married uh, uh, under God, so, so it doesn't matter what I do. So, so in other words, um, you're, you're basically looking at the situation and say, well, you know what, it's like, you know, God, um, I, I, could, I could do whatever I want. And, and you know, it, it's just people, listen, how about I sum it up this way? People will look for any reason and any excuse to do what they want to do and to not follow um, the commands of God. It's as simple as that. And they're going to try and that's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. They're trying to find a way out just in case they end up married to someone they don't like or they find someone better. Well, you know, like, but what about this? But what about that? They're always trying to find a way out. How about we learn how to make godly decisions? We allow our lives to be led by the Spirit. How about that? And then you won't have to wonder, well, what happens if I don't like them? Make sure you marry the right person. And as I said last week, people aren't going to be perfect. You know, if you, if you want a perfect person, you're not going to find them. But trust God that he will lead you to the right person and they'll be the perfect one for you. And you'll realize I couldn't even be with anybody else because I'm with the perfect person for me. <clears throat> so and i want to explain a read now here we're going to get into this subject now this this is difficult but it's very very important um actually let me read this first so jesus declared that all who divorce um except for marital unfaithfulness and marry another commits adultery Paul later felt free to add a second exception based on a new situation, which is an unbelieving spouse wishing to leave a Christian partner. Okay. So there's another subject, um, and that's the subject of abuse. And this is, I would say, the most um, sensitive of, of subjects because... Now, I want to make, I want to say this clearly in these scriptures that we've read, the subject of abuse, um, didn't come up, but let me, let me just read before I get to the scripture that I'm going to read about that. Listen to this. Moses, see the reason why Moses also allowed and Jesus confirmed that, um, to allow divorce in the case of fornication, in the case of adultery is so that women would not suffer untold hardships from ungodly husbands. So this was actually to protect the women. I want to make this clear. This was to protect women. Okay. Um, because a lot of the time, and especially in the case of, of an ungodly husband or a pagan husband, which, you know, there shouldn't have been intermarrying, but there, there often was, um, they would, they would face abuse at the hands of their husband. And so Moses wanted to make sure that they had a way out. But unfortunately, what did it, um, re what did it evolve into? 
Any man who divorces his wife for any cause except fornication commits adultery if he marries another. Any man marrying her that is divorced for her own fornication commits adultery. This was, uh, this was evidently an unpleasant answer to these scheming men who wish to be free to put their wives away for every cause. Um, there's exceptions to every rule. It's true. Um, so in other words, I want to make something evidently abundantly clear. There were circumstances and situations in which wives, because wives, especially, um, you know, women, women were not, they didn't always have a ton of rights. They were usually they were like, they were owned by their father and then essentially sold to their husband. And so Moses, this was a protection um, for the wife to allow her to be freed from, from, from the bounds of marriage and not be sinning if she was to leave her husband because there were situations in which abuse was there, okay? Um, now, I wanna, I wanna say this because a lot of, okay, I think I've heard, I've heard this and perhaps you you watching would agree with me that you would say there's three reasons for, for a divorce and then you, you wouldn't be committing adultery if, if you marry again, which would be, as we mentioned, uh, if there's um, unfaithfulness in the marriage, if there's an unbelieving partner who wants to leave, or if there's abuse. Now this, this number three is where it gets tricky because it's not specifically mentioned in those two scriptures. But, and I, and I am, I will, listen to me, I will not put words in God's mouth. I will not put words in Paul's mouth. I will not add anything to what the scriptures say. Is that, uh, emoji hand if, if, if it's clear, okay? This is, we can never do that. We cannot for our own interest say, well, you know, but yeah, but, but we can include that. Okay. Here's, here's the, 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 the clarity on this. Like I said, Moses wanted to make sure that he allowed, uh, uh, the wives an opportunity to become free from an abusive husband. This is what, Mo this is what was happening. If you look at the context of this situation, good. I'm glad you guys are great. Okay. If you look at the, at the uh, context of the situation. Now, what can we see from the weight of scripture? And I'm going to point out three things in the weight of scripture. So again, this is me telling you what the scripture says. Number one, God hates violence against the innocent. God hates violence against the innocent. There is countless scripture in talking about, um, you know, people, people who are, are violent, people who are abusive. God hates that. He hates, he talks about caring for the widows and the orphans and for the people who can't defend themselves. God hates violence against the innocent. Okay. That is clear from scripture. 
very clear. He hates it. It's, it's one of the things that he detests. That's an abomination to him is any sort of violence or abuse against innocent people. Okay. Number two, there was very harsh punishment for, for people who violated these laws. If you go and read, and I'm not going to take the time to go into it tonight because I'm, I'm not going to have the time, but, but in talking about if, if, if people who are victims of rape and, and, and that kind of thing, the, the man would be killed on the spot, <laughs> stoned to death, okay? Because God takes this very seriously. Any kind of violation that comes against uh, um, innocent people against women, against children, against because women were seen as the weaker gender, and physically, we're, we're, you know, I, I saw um, I saw a video. It was extremely disturbing. It was a, an ex football player, um, and 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 the video shows him. He's like flinging around his wife like she's a rag doll. Thro throws her into the TV. The TV fell. I mean, geez what an idiot for many reasons you know in front of the kid she do you know how strong a football player is have you ever um seen a football player up close what's the woman supposed to do she he, she's being thrown around do you understand how much god hates and detests those kinds of things that if anyone was 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 found guilty of those things that they would read read the old testament harsh punishment and harsh things happened if you were found in violation okay and the third thing what does colossians chapter 3 verse 19 say husbands love your wives love your wives and do not be harsh with them um well, Pina, again, this, I'm talking about how, so, okay, what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to explain how much God hates those things, but there were different laws in the Old Testament as in comparison to now. So I just want to make that clear. It's true, yes. Um, but, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm simply pointing out the fact that um, God hates violence and those kinds of violences, but there certain, the, the, the laws were very, very different in the Old Testament that do not, that would not apply now. Um, and I'm actually going to, hang on, where's my notes about that? It's a little bit, okay. I do have some, I want to get to that. I will get to that at the end. Okay. Um, well, when, when it says um, separate, obviously, again, if, if, the, if the husband gives a certificate of divorce, then it's a divorce, but if they're just separated, then yes, absolutely, the woman should continue uh, to pray for her husband and, and believe, like I said earlier, believe for the reconciliation. But there were um, certificates of divorce um, that could be given, and in that case, the the marriage is dissolved, right? If the if the unbelieving partner gives a certificate of divorce, um, husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them. I'm gonna tell you something. If there is a man who raises his fist against a woman, he is in violation of the things of God. He is in absolute violation and he is in violation of Ephesians chapter 5. Listen to this. 
starting at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless in this same way. Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. I, I, I have, <laughs> when I see a man raise his fist against a woman, I, I, I don't care what she said. Resolve it a different way. Because I know, you know, well, you know, the woman, she doesn't respect me. Okay, yeah, it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street, 100%. But there is a command given to men. Love your wives as your own body. So are you abusing yourself? Are you punching yourself in the face? Are you throwing yourself into the TV in front of your child? Then you don't do it to your wife. And if you do, you are in strict violation of the word of God. You, it's questionable. It's questionable. Um... If you're even saved, I question in that instant. I don't. I don't know if the man's saved. Yes, Sheba. Obviously, um, a woman should not hit hit her husband either. But in terms of strength, I'm talking about you know because again, there's there's of course, but but this scripture is referring to to because again, anyways, let me just read the scripture. No one should be hitting. How about this? God hates violence uh, against against people. H how about how about we just don't do it? It's as simple as that. And there's no excuse. If a woman's defending herself, that's a different story. But it, but don't don't hit your husband either. And I know a lot of guys. And actually, this is to the women um, that will literally slap their husbands around. And the husbands won't do anything because he, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, he was taught not to hit a woman, but he's sitting there getting, getting smacked. That's no, you don't do that either. Women, don't, 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 don't do that. Okay. Please. Just, just to make it clear. Um, he, he who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body. But he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. And then, um, yeah, agreed, Dom. He goes on to remind us of what um, what Jesus said. You know, if there's if there's love, why are you hitting? Even in the woman's case, why are you hitting your husband? What 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 possible purpose is there if you love him and if you're submitted to him? So the woman would be in the wrong. Uh, in that instance as well, just to say, absolutely, 100%. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, there can be verbal and mental abuse for sure. But that's why if a woman um, submits, her husband, submits to her husband and respects him, then there shouldn't be any uh, uh, verbal abuse either. So women, do it. And this is why I said it before. Men need to be men and women need to be women. That's where there's harmony. And then you don't have to be concerned about these things. It's when somebody is out of line that it causes a snowball effect. 
and we don't make excuses because there's certainly a lot of times um, where people are just looking for excuses, right? Um, so, yeah, exactly. Emotional abuse is a big problem. But again, why is that happening? If you're submitted to your husband and if the husband is loving his wife, it shouldn't be happening. Exactly, Pina. Live in peace. That's what the scripture says. Now, um, in terms of abuse, um, obviously, you know, the boy, this is, this is a tough subject. I, I can't speak to this um, because I never experienced it. Um, but I will say this. If you are... Um, experiencing this 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 account that i'm on right now this is the church's account please um we we want to help you i don't i'm not gonna you know get too too far into that exactly what to do i'm strictly speaking about um biblically speaking how to handle these things um but yeah we want to help you if you, if you need um some sort of assistance please message the account Verse 31, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Listen to verse 33. This sums up everything. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband it's a two-way street i don't i don't like always blaming the man i don't like always blaming uh, uh the woman i don't you know what i mean there's always blame 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 how about we follow the word of god i'm not ever going to assume that it's always the man's fault but i'm not going to assume it's always the women's fault i'm not going to even get into any of that um I have a couple of questions, so I just want to see what they are. Um, the spouse became a Christian later in marriage, but the other spouse is not interested. Um, well, again, see, here's the thing. You, if you're, and I'm talking scripturally speaking, if you're married to an unbeliever, they're not interested, but they don't want to divorce you and they're like, you know, they're not abusive there, but they just, they don't want to divorce you, but they're not interested in God. The scripture is clear. You need to keep praying for them, keep interceding with them and show them through the fruit of your life, why this was uh, such an important decision, right? That, 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 why you got saved. And again, this is a, this is a difficult thing. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to, uh, um, you know, get really far into to, to giving advice of, of what people might be going through. You could, that's why we, that's why the church is here to help people. Um, right. Is that clear? Um, now I know uh, somebody mentioned about, you know, like I said, there was, there's some, some crazy laws that happened in the old Testament. And I want to make this, this clear, um, that Christ, um, Christ is a fulfillment of the law has implications for how to interpret um, the New Testament ethics. So there's still um, ethics, okay, uh, that you follow. Um, but obviously, the laws are not, we're not bound to, to, to a lot of those, those customs and, and ceremonial laws, which that's another, hmm, that's another subject altogether. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... 
Does anyone have any questions? Yeah, but exactly, Val. Because here's the thing. If you love God and you love your spouse, you know, again, you can, I'm not saying that you're not going to get into an argument every now and then. I agree. Pina is a beautiful soul. Totally agree, Anna. It doesn't mean you're never going to argue. Um, but, you know, people, they start throwing things. They start, you know, there's obviously, and again, that's why, the, hey, guys, why do you think we have a church? To help people, if you're going through something, if you if you're having a challenging uh, time in your marriage, we want to help you. You're not you're not on your own. You don't have to. These are difficult things that people go through, and that's why the church that, that's a you know the church is here. We're not a, a country club for Christians. We're here to help people. People need help. People need guidance. People need direction. That's why we're here. Um, Right, so so if there's if there's something that you're going through, you know we want to help you. Um, so in the case of abuse, I I would certainly question if if the the the, the abuser is even a believer at all. If you're able to raise your hands uh, against someone that you're supposed to love, I don't care. Oh, sometimes he has a bad temper. Get that under submission to God. Get that under submission to God. And there's, there's, it's possible. And I know you might think it's impossible for an abuser to like change and then you stay married to them. That's not impossible. I've heard of it happen. That the man, you know, he was a violent man, you know, because of alcohol was mixed in there. That's why I keep away from that. Um, please. <laughs> um, but he got saved. Um, and, and he was a different person after that. And, and they stayed together. Um, and that, that takes, it's difficult to forgive in those circumstances, but that shows that the woman is a very godly woman, but God can reconcile anything. Um, you know, but, but yeah, oh, I, I, he has a bad temper sometimes, or, you know, he's under a lot of stress. No way. No, no excuses. You don't raise your hands against anyone. And, you know, your wife, your children. Um, you, and this is why, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about anger and being a sin, um, you know, and, 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 and that, that kind of thing and rage and anger. Those are sins. Those are sins that you need to be delivered and set free from. Well, I have great news for you. We serve a God who is able to turn any and every situation around, even the seemingly most difficult of ones. But I'm going to tell you where it starts. It starts in making a decision to give your life over to God and to come into covenant with him. Because that's where it starts. Because if you try to do this on your own, if you say, I have a bad temper, I'll try to get it under control. You won't. Bring it under submission to the spirit. And then you're going to see that he starts to change you from the inside out. So pray this prayer. Pray it. Pray, pray after me. Speak it out loud. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. So pray this prayer after me. Say, Father, I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead to set me free. I now confess of all my sin and wrongdoing. Thank you, Lord, that I am now saved. Thank you that I've been set free. Thank you for Jesus. I pray this 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, message this account, let us know. And like I said earlier, um, if there's something that you're going through, you're not alone, please. And I know that it's hard to talk about these things, but we have a great, a great uh, team of people that are here to help you. Um, Cause no one should ever have to go through, through this stuff alone. 